I would like to welcome everybody here tonight to the Congregational AFI meeting. And this is the 35th anniversary of AFI and their oversight and the churches that they provide oversight for. So uh, Rich and Larry are here and we're just going to let them talk. They're going to talk about AFI, where it's at, where it's going, and um, I'll just let them talk about whatever they want to talk about. So if everyone will just please give a warm welcome to Larry. We will get on with it. I told Rich to be ready to prophesy, so if it takes up the whole hour, that's fine too. You know, uh, obviously it's always a pleasure to come and be with this church family. And there are some new faces, and so um, I've been a long-standing fixture here, along with Rich, um, going back to 19, early 80s, 82, when we first started as AFI. So uh, we've been a part of that. This is my wife, Karen. We live in Minot, North Dakota, and have the privilege of pastoring, uh, being part of the pastoral work there with uh, Northland Harvest Church. Um, when I come here, uh, I always, I'm always reminded of some of the camp days. I don't know how many of you got to go to some of those camps. There's a few of you uh, that we had in uh, Clear Lake, Iowa. Uh, there was a number of those that took place. And then there was there's one that took place, I believe it was in the year of 85, in, um, I want to say, uh, Gothenburg, Nebraska. Is that right, Rich? Uh, that's where the camp was. Or Lexington, Nebraska is where it was. Um, and in a way, um, for many of us that are part of AFI, we felt like that was the birthing of AFI. And, and at that particular camp meeting, um, one of our speakers was David Morris, who many of you will remember, um, from Canada. And another speaker was John Hewitt from Australia, and um, Paul Clemerson, who I don't know how many times Paul would have been here, but uh, uh, both Paul and David have gone on to be with the Lord. And throughout that, that week, um, in fact, I was to share the last evening, and the and, um, Lord put upon my heart the first chapter of Ezekiel, which talks about the the four faces of God. And I really felt the Lord in that camp meeting had used these different people to, to, to uh, express a face of God like David Morris. Uh, it was these four faces, if you don't remember, are, are the eagle and the lion and the ox and the man. And um, David Morris was one of those apostolic guys that would take you up into the heavenlies and uh, he, he just—he was the eagle that you could soar with. Um, he had a Welsh background. He was born and raised in Wales, so he was, um, what would you call him, a Welsh. Uh, he was one of those guys that could preach very well. And, and so he had that grace upon his life, and he took us up into the heavenlies. And then there was, there was Paul Clemerson, who was a prophet in our midst. And Paul Clemerson... Um, was an expression of the lion. And if those that ever 
heard Paul preach or prophesy. He was, he was like a roaring lion that was preaching to us and prophesying to us. And then there was John Hewitt from Australia. John, at that time, was serving as the team leader of the Australian church. And, um, and John was the one that was the ox in our midst and decreeing to us, uh, you know, the, the Matthew 28 mandate from the Lord that there's lots of work to be done in the kingdom of God. And so he was challenging us in that way uh, to get out there in the fields and labor. So the last night, anyway, after all days had shared, it was my turn to share, and I felt, again, the Lord had put the scripture on my, on my heart um, that I need to come as a man. And I'd kind of prepared them. I said, I really believe the Lord is putting on my heart that we are to have a foot-washing ceremony. That's all I shared with them. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, for these mighty men of God, they were very nervous about that very thing, that we would have a foot-washing ceremony. Uh, but anyway, I came that night uh, with the purpose of being a representation of the man um, that we've been called just to serve one another. And, and, and uh, we had a foot-washing ceremony. You were there, Rich, for that? Um, and, and it was just a very powerful evening in the Lord. It was a great way to, to cap it all off with all the revelation and understanding that we were getting to be able to cap it off with, with, uh, with serving one another and washing one another's feet. Um, and, and I believe the, the symbolism of that and, you know, that was part of our DNA and moving forward in the purposes of God as a network. And for those that are not familiar with AFI, Ascension Fellowships International, even though we've been going for 35 years, um, it's, it's not like... A lot like we have, you know, 500 churches. We're not a, we're not a large network. And, and uh, at the same time, uh, in obedience to the Lord and the revelation he was bringing to us through such men like David Morris and John Hewitt, things were being birthed in us at that time uh, in those early 80s with Ephesians 4.11. Uh, the five-fold ministry, which I'm sure you know of and probably get taught and preached that here as well, but we believe that that was the foundation that we were to build on, on the revelation of Ephesians 4.11, that when Jesus ascended, he gave to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, you know, to equip the saints, what's the rest say, so that the saints can do the work of the ministry until we come into the fullness and the stature of Jesus Christ. And, and so that was the very foundation that we, that we laid at that time and purpose to build on throughout the decades, okay? Um, and let me just say this for those who would not be aware of this. When you, back in the early 80s, when you talked about, you could talk about evangelists, you could talk about pastors and teachers, but you start talking about apostles and prophets it, is, it was like those were cultish terms that you're, being, you're getting involved in a cult. They, they were not open to receiving that, you know, on a, on a church basis worldwide. Now, over the decades, that has changed. There's been more of an openness. We may have different understandings and different cultures and denominations regarding the meaning of that, but at least there's an openness to receive it. 
So times have changed a great deal. Um, so getting to where we're at today, and, and there's a lot of things that we, uh, I believe God's going to help us to articulate. And, and we, I, I know uh, Aaron had spoken to me, when I, or at least when I visited him on the phone, that we, we need to have time for question and answers. And so um, we're going to give time for that. But I, let me just sum up. Then I'm going to turn it over to Rich. He has something he wants to say here. But um, in, in, my, in my Bible, in your Bible, excuse me, um, in, in this, this Ephesians 4.11, what I, what I really see happening personally um, is that there's a tension that's going on in the church today because we are not what we were in 1982. Uh, in other words, building and laying the foundation. Paul himself said, I've laid a good foundation. Take heed how you build on that foundation. And I think one of the things that I see happening today is that the church is growing up. That they're, Now, are we where we should be? No, we are not. Are we further than we were in 1982? Yes, we are. So there's a growing up that's taking place and that's happening, and, and, and it's different than what it was in 1982. Okay, uh, and I think that's where some of this tension comes from. Um, I I brought this along, not as a sales pitch. Um, some of you have written have read my book. This one is called The Master's Plan Built to Last, and I wrote it three three years ago because I felt it was something I wanted to leave to the generations. Um, you know that that I've experienced in my life that I felt I needed to put down in paper and leave with them. But anyway, in this book in chapter 6, I address the very thing that I see happening in this hour and in this time. In this book, in this chapter, uh, I address the function of these five-fold ministries and, and, and the synergy that should come out of that is that we, instead of just five-fold ministries, we literally become five-fold people. Okay. What I mean by that is that we not only have apostles, but we have a people that are apostolic, that they have vision. Okay. They have vision for greater things than just the local church, that they have vision for their cities being transformed, that they have vision for knowing that they cannot do, accomplish this without, without the rest of the body of Christ. So it gets us out of our box into a greater vision. I believe that there's an understanding that has come along the way as we've laid that foundation. I don't know where, because I personally don't know for sure where you are all at. That's why questions will be good. Um, but I believe, I can't help but believe that you as a people have grown in this area concerning apostolic vision and ap becoming an apostolic people. In those days, the emphasis was on the apostle. And as, as, as we have grown and matured, the emphasis now has become an apostolic people, which I think is really, really good. Instead of focusing on a man, we focused upon a people, upon the church. And what I see happening in this hour is the, the synergy of all this beginning to take a place. That, that this, where, this, where the church, I don't mean just Ascension Life Center, but where the church is becoming, not fully there yet, but is becoming that force on earth here that God intended it to be. 
And for the kingdom of God to come to earth, as the masters instructed us to pray, the church has to come a lot further than what it has in days past. So I see an apostolic people that's coming up into, into the ranks. I see a prophetic people as well, okay? Not just a prophet, but I see a prophetic people that are anxious to hear and desire to hear what God is saying so that we'll know what to do. A prophetic people that are not afraid to speak the word of the Lord, that the proceeding word that God is putting inside your heart and my heart is being released upon the land, is being released even into those places. This book talks about the seven mountains of influence, which are, of course, religion and family is number two. And number three is education. Number four is media. Number five is arts and entertainment. Number six is, is uh, governments. And number seven is the business sector. So we, we, I believe the church is awakening to its role and responsibility to be kingdom influence in every one of these mountains. And every one is just as important as the other. So we're becoming prophetic, a prophetic people, an apostolic people with, with uh, uh, apostolic, uh, with vision, a prophetic people with, with revelation, a, a pastoral people where, where, where we care for people, not just those inside the church, but I have a sense and I do believe this. I see it happening in our own midst. Our people are caring for people outside the boundaries of our local church. They're caring for people in the community, okay? That's being pastoral, okay? And I also believe that there's, the, the, there's an evangelistic people that are being raised up in this hour. If all these five full ministries are being utilized, have been utilized, then that DNA should be coming forth inside the, 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 the body of Christ. If that's, if that's happening, they're all there to equip the saints, now, our concept of evangelism has, is changing because our concept of evangelism in the early days was we need to get them saved so that they can go to heaven. But the concept apostolically, if we have an apostolic vision, is that we need to get them saved. Yes, that they, they, yes, that they can go to heaven, but number, number two and probably even more important, that they can fulfill their destiny and purpose here on earth. Okay. So then, then they become an evangelistic people and a pastoral people and caring for them so they can become whole to fulfill their purpose and destiny. Does that make sense? Now, also the teacher. See, the teacher is to equip the saints with an understanding how important the Word of God is in their lives. And again, any one of these fivefold ministries, if we leave out any of them, the church is weakened. We need all five of them, but if, if one of them is just the only one, then we're still weakened. If it's an evangelistic church, the whole focus upon a church is evangelism. Let's just get people saved. There's really nothing wrong with that, but that's incomplete. Okay? So when you look at the synergy of all these of the church becoming apostolic and prophetic and becoming pastoral and teacher, um, you know, um, but I miss out on one? Evangelist, yeah. Okay, so, 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 now, so now we're, we got the vision, we got vision, we got revelation, okay? The evangelist, 
we, we have a, we, we're concerned about the lost, and we should be. We got the pastoral ministry. It's a care. We care. It's a care-centered church. And we got a teacher that's a word-centered church. Now, those, those, that's what I see happening in this hour that we're living in, is that the synergy, the fulfillment, in part, of what we've labored for since 19, uh, for these last 1982, that is coming to reality. In other words, we are faced, can I say this? Every one of our churches are being faced with transition and change. And part of that is, is because we're coming to a place of maturity. How many here have raised children? We all laugh. Yeah. It's one thing. Last week we had our two of our, we only had two, because we were expecting the third one, two of our great-grandchildren, three and one years old, at our house for five days. <clears throat> and and, and uh, we really needed a night coming here just to rest. <laughs> but you treat those at that age different than you do when they become mature. Because even knowing at that time, even the children in our midst, see, this changes our children's ministry. It changes how, how we see how, how we see babies, uh, every baby before they're born are filled with destiny and purpose. Every child that's in our midst, when you go out into the highways and byways and you begin to relate to people, you begin to realize that every, this is apostolic, you begin to realize that within every one of them there's a treasure. Did you hear me? There's a treasure within every one of them. I don't care if they're living for the devil or not. There's a treasure within them. So you begin, instead of seeing them as evil and rebellious, you begin to see them that they have treasure within them. That's been, they've been sent to earth for such a time as this. And so then that becomes our focus. How, how do we train up these ones? But at the same time, as we get older and become more mature, then there's changes that come with that. And right now, some of the changes we're facing in AFI is, is, is that we have guys like myself that have labored in this field for 35 years, okay? And I can't deny the fact that I'm getting older. That doesn't mean I am not important. In fact, my book talks about some of the, the mindsets that we need to change, okay? And one of those mindsets is changing I speak of seven of them in there. It's changing from a retirement mindset to a generational mindset. That we have to make that kind of a change in, in our thinking, that we begin to think generational. That's why I was so blessed when I came tonight that we all gathered out there in the entryway. And it looks great, you guys. It's bigger. It probably isn't big enough, but it's bigger. And, and you know, we were tripping over each other. And a lot of the tripping over was children, little children, you know. But you're being faced with the same thing that we are in Minot, North Dakota, that all of our churches are facing. Rich is facing this in Pueblo, Colorado. We're facing the very fact of transition. There's, there's, it's, and we've been working at this as an apostolic team in giving place for, um, for this next generation. Okay, But we know that it's not going to look just like it did when we started out. It's going to look different. And now that the tension in this is that, you know, you, you, when we build this way, it releases creativity. 
Whenever we honor one another, whenever we honor the gifts in the body of Christ, not just the five-fold gifts, but all the other gifts that are there, we begin to honor those giftings, you will see creativity being unleashed. Okay? And when creativity is unleashed, then uh, there's a force that, that, that's behind that. God made each one of us to be creative. And so when that force is released, if I'm not willing to, to be molded and shaped, I'm going to resist what God is doing. And in many of our churches, especially us older ones, we're being faced with that very thing. Because there's new ideas, there's new inventions. And I don't mean, we, there's foundations we must not, please, let us move, we, in moving forward, let us not dig up and, and, and throw away the foundations that we have. I'll, I'll fight for that. My 35 years, I'll fight for another 35 years to make sure our foundations are not taken away. In fact, Karen gave me a, something to listen to this morning. Who was the, oh, um, Danny Silk from Bethel Church in, in, in California. And, and, and he was talking about this, this very thing that we're, we're talking about here, how important it is that we, we, that we don't mess up the foundations you know, and, 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 and it is so true that, that we, we, got, we got things that we've built on. Now, we got to be careful how we build upon those very things. So how do the generations, because it isn't just those right below us, like, let's say, let's say well, I'll, be, I'll just be honest, I'll be 72 here next week. Okay? So it's not just, you know, the 35-year-olds or the 21-year-olds but there's 50-year-olds and 55-year-olds. I'm, I'm speaking of generations. How do we make room for the generations that they can have the greatest privilege to fulfill their ministry? And one of, that, one of those ways is that we don't keep all that ministry inside the four walls. That's why you need apostolic vision. If it's kept inside the four walls, there's not, a room, there's not room for all of our ministries. And we get, we'll end up fighting with one another. On the other hand, if we have apostolic vision for the mountains of influence, and I'm going to be a person of influence, you're going to be a person of influence, then, oh, my goodness, the mission field is, there's no, there's no boundaries to the mission field. That's my phone. That's God calling. Okay. Shut this off, would you, Karen? <laughs> it's on the other side. Right there. You guys hear that? Okay. Yeah. So, so in a way, I, I want us to, in moving forward, just become so uh, understanding. You know, just there, there's a tension that that's we're finding that in our own local assembly. And I don't think we've ever been as healthy and far as advanced as we are right now. Honestly, I really don't. It's such an exciting time for Northland Harvest Church, you know. And, and yet we had, for those who would know, Cody, who has been our worship leader. Um, Cody is one of my Timothys that, that I had the privilege of mentoring. And, and Cody is very gifted in this area of music. And he worked with our youth. And he really wanted to go to Tennessee and find out more about his music ministry. And so the 1st of June, we had to release Cody. 
And, and we did. We, we released him. We blessed him. We honored that, which, we, which he felt was going on in his heart. And, and, and right away, when that changed, when the, when the body became aware that Cody was leaving, it was, oh, no, he can't leave, you know. Can I say this to you? And this is no indictment on Cody. We are deeper and wider in our music, in our worship, than we were when Cody was there. Because I think Cody laid a good foundation for that to happen. Okay? The youth ministry. Cody, Cody was really good on one-on-one, but the, but the couple we have working with our youth right now, he is an evangelist. Guess where his emphasis is going to be? Getting those kids out on the streets, evangelizing, you know. And there's more to it than evangelizing, but it was, there's actually an area of ministry that they're coming into that they were not familiar with before. Not that they didn't care about the loss. Cody didn't have that grace to take them in that direction. And so we're discovering that even if God moves people on, if we, are, if we have built right, then it shouldn't matter. Even if that transition takes place and people move on for whatever reason, that, that if we have built right, that's already in our DNA. Apostolic vision is in our DNA. Prophetic vision is in our DNA. Evangelistic vision is in our DNA. Pastoral vision is in our DNA. You know, the teacher, the word vision is in our, in our DNA. And yes, there are those, you know, that, that are... Uh, more apt to be in one of those or two of those than others. That does, it doesn't matter. When we honor all of them in the midst of us, again, it releases that creativity amongst us. So um, I'm going to ask Rich to come up, because he and I honestly did not talk about anything as far as what we're going to do, what we're going to share. I think it's really good that we just come here and not only hear from you, um, but trust the Holy Spirit to help us, um, you know, respond in such a way that will cause increase in you. Rich? All right. Thank you, Larry. I, I always appreciate listening to, to Larry speak because, um, you know, just the, the revelation he has, kind of the big picture, it's, it stirs me. It helps me. You know, and that's that apostolic gifting and just functioning because it helps us to see horizons. It helps us to see the bigger picture. And sometimes life can get very narrow, right? And, uh, and so we, we need those giftings. Even though we're an apostolic people, we still need those, those giftings to sow into us, to equip us, and to uh, stimulate those kind of things to us. So uh, I've been traveling all day, got up early this morning, Got off a plane a couple hours ago, and uh, so here we are in the eastern time zone. I'm a mountain time zone guy, but uh, it's always so good to be here with you guys, and uh, just excited at what God's doing here in your midst. And uh, Larry's talking on, and, and is sharing today. I appreciate the, kind of the history, and then the, the the story. I mean, it's really hard to put 35 years into a 20-minute talk. You know, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot in between in there, you know, and a whole lot of Jesus in there. And, and really, you know, if there's anything we're about, it's on the foundation of, of, of him, uh, of Jesus, the head of the church, and honoring that. He is, he is king and he is Lord. 
And if the church is founded on that, we're going to be just fine. It doesn't matter what's happening uh, on the, you know, in the news or whatever, but we're going to be just fine because he's, he's bigger than it all. And so I like the big, the big vision, the big picture, but we have a big God, big God, little devil. <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, you know, we can stimulate each other that way. There's a few things that the Lord stirred in my heart, and it really kind of dovetails into what Larry has already shared. And, uh, you know, I'm, I have, personally, I have different, I'm a, I'm a pastor, but I'm also prophetic. And so when I'm out here, I'm trying really leaning on the, the prophetic ear, you know, to, to bring that kind of a, a ministry. So I've kind of a strange uh, combination there anyway. But, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying a few things, three, th- three different things that uh, he's dropped in my heart uh, for us today. And one of them is uh, don't get ahead wait to be led. And if there's one thing that, you know, the kingdom of of God is about is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's his kingdom, right? And so as people, I've learned as a pastor and as a leader over the years, one of my greatest enemies is my zeal. It can can get me going, but I can be way out ahead of things at the same time. And I have a tendency to do that because I can, I can see things that's within reach, it's there, you know, and you find yourself out just charging the hill, and like, where is everybody? You know, Lord, how come, you, how come you're not doing this? But so there's, there's an aspect of, of wisdom that we learn in our lives. Uh, don't get ahead, wait to be led. And God is always so faithful. And you know what, he is honored. That doesn't mean that we're slackers or we drag our feet. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that, that we're going to honor his, his, his uh, governance in our own life as he rolls things out. And then when he rolls it out or he moves us into something, we have that authority. I don't know if, you know, I've, I've bumped up against that wall too many times. Uh, the wall of, you know, you, know, you, you have a vision, you, you can run into that wall and, well, what happened? You know, but... So um, it's just so important for us to be led. And one of, the, one of the great things that helps us to find the leading of the Holy Spirit is uh, different voices around us, team ministry, team, a team effort. You know, if we think we're the, we're the only one that is, has a, a direct line to God, then you're just fooling yourself. So there's people who speak into our lives. There's people who counsel us. Who, who have a, you know, I might have a sense of what we're to do, but when and how is another factor, you know, and, and how to roll those things out. And so there's a lot of wisdom that goes into that. Another thing the Lord, I believe the Lord has a word for this, this group here. And there's some of you, he, he's really put a gift of being a catalyst. And I, I, I use that word, uh, catalyst. Catalyst is... Uh, an element that's introduced into another environment that brings about, it just changes everything, right? It's, it's that catalyst. And so, and I believe, that, I believe that's one of the callings of this church is it as a catalyst of change. But 
and, I, and as I prayed about it, I just really felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, it's not only a catalyst of change, because change, change can be from good to bad. That's change, isn't it? I mean, it's not always good change. It's change can be from good to bad. And uh, what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, a catalyst to unity as well. And so with, with the zeal, with the, the energy, with the vision, you know, as we interact with each other, as, as you interact with your community, uh, you know, there's a calling of, of being a catalyst. Um, but it's not just the change. It's the unifying of the vision, the unifying of the vision. And I think as a church, we've, we've missed that so many times. And uh, you have the haves and the haves not. Uh, you have the, the, the achievers and the slackers. And you see, God doesn't want anyone being left behind. No one, no one being left behind or, or uh, not brought along. And that's, that's part of the process for us as elders, you know, to make sure that everybody's on board and, and that we're speaking clearly and we're unified in that way. So, you know, the Holy Spirit give us grace in that way. I just want to sow that out to you. And uh, another thing's just kind of funny. I woke up this morning just waiting on the Lord, and, and I, I just saw some loosely tied shoelaces. You ever went to a kid, kid's soccer game, and one of them kicks the ball, and their shoe goes flying, you know, farther than the ball went? Well, that's, uh, that's kind of what I had in my spirit this morning. I was just praying about that. And the Lord says that we're coming into a time of, of uh, fortifying and strengthening our ties, our ties. Some of us are loosely tied, loosely tied. And so, you know, in transition, you know, you go on the field, you need to, you need to tie your laces, time tight. Because we're, you know, we're not just out for a stroll. And in this time, we want to be, we don't want to be tied relationally. We want, to be, we want to be tied relationally to one another's key relationships that, that the Holy Spirit's bringing into this season where we're, we're making sure those ties are, are solid. It takes a lot of maintenance, doesn't it? I mean, relational. Church life, my gosh. That's where all my hair went. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's tying knots with it. Made a braid about this long, no. And, you know, just those, those relational ties, ties to the foundation, you know, reestablishing the strengthening of those ties to our foundation, to our roots, to, uh, to our community, the ties to our community. I can, you know, I've just, I was, I was convicted this morning as the Lord just started downloading this to me of uh, some of the areas, even in my own, my own church, our home church, that we need to reestablish some of those ties. And it's important kingdom business. And so, you know, I just thank God for the Holy Spirit who not only gives us what to do, he comes along and inspires us and gives us kind of a, um, some signs along the way, kind of a road map. And, you know, he, we're just really in a partnership with him. We're in such a partnership with him. And, and so, you know, in life, it, it can get overwhelming. Sometimes you feel the burden on your shoulder and you know, we have this, this huge uh, harvest to reach and how are we going to do it? If it wasn't for partnership with the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have a, a chance to even start, right? 
And so we, we got to continue to be rolling, rolling those burdens off onto the Lord and taking his grace that's there for us each and every day, maintaining our, our, our connections with each other and those things that are vital and important, and, uh, and just being wholehearted, keeping a soft heart in the, in the thing. Because, you know, the world can harden you up. And, and that's sometimes, that's the loose shoestrings. You know, I've just gotten hard. I've, got, I've had wounds. I've had issues. Uh, but, you know, just tending to the deals, the issues of our heart and reestablishing those things by his grace is a good place for us to be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's pretty much what I would share. We want to have a time of uh, Q&A with you guys as well. Larry, if you want to come on up and maybe you want to respond to any of what's been shared. My wife's going to be available, too, because sometimes there's things she sees or hears or uh, has experienced um, that's, that can bring another aspect to, to, uh, to a question you may have. So she's just available. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll take any questions. If we don't have the answer, we're, we're really humble enough to say we don't have the answer. Okay? So are there any questions? The floor is yours. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate that. I love it. Carolyn, yes. Okay, he's given a bigger picture, and 
the prophetic picture, I'm very, very practical. I'm a teacher, and I'm a teacher in the body of Christ, but I'm also, my piano teacher's children had a nervous breakdown 30 years ago, and so I became a piano teacher, which I love to do. And so, you know, there's such a practical aspect of, of, of teaching whatever, and, and you young mommies, you are so critical to your children and what you're imparting. And sometimes you think, well, I'm busy, yada, yada, yada. But, but no, no calling in no area is too small. And you are th- too insignificant. That's the word I'm trying to think of. It's not insignificant what you do as mothers and fathers and in whatever gifts and callings you're called to. And, um, you know, lives are changed. They're always changed by key people. And I've seen that with my, you know, I, this past year, one of my panel students just graduate, is graduating from the Assemblies of God in, in uh, Minneapolis. And I said, well, what are you going to do? And he says, I want to go to South America and start music schools. And he says, it's because of you. You know, and so you, you never know. And I had another student and, and her mother her, and sister showed up this past year with a different situation, and, and, and mother said to me, and that, that girl is now a senior in high school. She's homeschooled, but she is, she'll, you'll probably be playing some of her music someday. And, but the mother said, you changed her whole life, and I just sat there and I thought, what the, I mean, I didn't know. You know, you just don't realize what you're imparting to students. And, and a lot of my kids do compositions, and at the piano recital this uh, f- spring, one of the teachers, or one of my parents' relatives says, well, why, why do her students do that composition? Why, why don't all teachers do that? And you know what the parents said? And I never would have thought of this. She said, her, her students do that because they have permission. You know what I'm saying? You just release them and say, you can do this. You're made in the image of God, and God knows what's going to come out of you. But put your hand to the plow, and you just don't know. I, I just got to tell you one, my, my students say the funniest thing. I had a six-year-old who started here a couple years ago, and she had to read everything in the book. And it says, well, this is how the penis sits at the keyboard, you know. And she said, well, my brother has one of those. And I said, no, 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 no. No, I said, when you sit at the keyboard, you're a penis. And she said, well, he has one. And I said, you... <laughs> You're right, he does. I, because I'm harder, I try to see penis, you know, and so life is, it's delightful too. Don't miss the joy of what you do. <laughs> you know, and while you're thinking of a question, um, <laughs> well, we won't go there. Anyway, um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, when I look at this church, because again, we've had the privilege of building with you and observing, you know, the good times, the difficult times. But, I, but I'm, I'm just here thinking of different people have invested in this work. And of course, Wes being one of them was no longer with us. Sid Stetson is another one that was here for a season. Um, and, and all of them, even yesterday morning, we had the privilege of spending some hours with Mike and Ruth Maring and their family, and they say to greet all of you, just so you know that, um, and I look back over <clears throat> those years, and I, I think of all the different people that we have known, and, and have had an input in this, you know, um, and I just want to commend you, you know, that uh, 
you guys have stayed the course. You know, as difficult as sometimes have been, you, you've stayed the course. And, and Aaron, listen, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I, I look back and think of uh, when, when Brother West went home to be with the Lord and, and, and the role that we as an apostolic team played into, in your lives and helping you on that journey, you know, because, uh, hey, West was a, he was not only a great pastor, he was very, a very pastoral guy. And, and uh, uh, we not only thank the Lord for that, but we also realized that it, it was an opportunity for other ministries and governmental people as el- like these elders that are here to grow in their grace gifting. Jim being one of them, you know, uh, and, and so Manfred, we, we just say thank you. I know Thomas, you're here too, but to just the testimony that we see when we come here of a labor of love that we brought to you and your response to that, and what was the first word you had? Uh, don't rush ahead, wait to be led. Yeah, don't rush ahead, but wait to be led. I couldn't help but think of that because... There was, there was a part of your emotions and feeling and wanted to rush ahead and hurry up, let's get a pastor, because Wes was a great pastor. Um, but you waited to be led. And because you waited to be led, I believe you guys are, are postured for a great season ahead of you. You know, you've got the generations. You've got, you've got experience here, Okay. Uh, that means you've got some that are older, okay? Um, and you've got, you got some that, that are zealous, ready to go, ready to move forward. You've got the dynamics that are in place for you to, to literally transform this community along with the rest of the body of Christ that's around here. And I don't know what that looks like. You, you know, you guys, I believe just from... And I haven't even talked to anyone this time, but from what I was here last time, and I heard some of the things you were doing in the community, and my heart just boom, 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 boom. It's it just like, this is God. This is kingdom work that's happening. You know, this is taking place. And, and um, you know, I, I see that in different communities. I'm sure Rich could testify to that. In Minot, we have a, this is just one example, and, and, and I've been pastoring there for 35 years. So, so um, uh, I've had the privilege of watching uh, the city not only grow, but watching the church transform and change over 35 years. I'm the old guy on the block there in the city. But we have Tuesday nights, we have an evening of worship and intercession. We call it Harp and Bowl out of the book of Revelation. And it's taken from Kansas City model of, of, of the house of prayer. It's just an evening of worship and intercession. And and last Tuesday night, we weren't there, but there's been other Tuesday nights. In fact, whenever we could be there, we are there. Um, but we have five churches in the city that are represented on the worship team for, the, for an evening of worship and intercession. Five churches. That's, I don't know what it is in this city, but that's a miracle in our city. That's a miracle where worship leaders from different churches come together in a setting weekly for an evening of worship and intercession. Now, how do you measure that? 
But there's something that's taking place in the heavenlies when the church comes to that place of unity The rich is talking about, I tell you what, there's an invasion of kingdom truth doing a dividing asunder in our city and our community. Not what, now, if, if all we did was did that on Tuesday night, I'll tell you one thing, that would not be enough. There are other times at the salvation on Tuesday mornings at 6.15, Whoever can come from the church, the body of Christ in mind, it comes together at the Salvation Army to pray. And yet, there, you know, and I know there's other things going on in these various churches, but, but at the same time, you know, what an opportunity we, the church, have. Uh, and I, I don't even want to go there but, because I don't want to make this political. But I do believe we have an opportunity with President Trump in that place that we did not have with Obama, Okay. Now, you may be a Democrat, you may be a Republican, it doesn't matter to me. I, I believe that in some sense, there's, when you study the word and you see what, <clears throat> what Cyrus released the Israelites to go back after 70 years, it was actually 50 years of captivity, when he gave the word, you can go back and rebuild Jerusalem. I do believe there's a rebuilding that we've been released to do, the church. This is our finest hour. Help us not to neglect the privilege and the opportunity that we have. That's your second sermon. Now, questions. <laughs> I did vote for Trump, just so you know that. <clears throat> yes, actually, in October, um, we, we're inviting our pastors and elders to gather with us in Rapid City, and we're going to pay for them to get there, so it's not a hardship on the local church. It'll just be your responsibility to say, Thomas, you got to be there. You know, Manfred, you got to be there. Jimmy, you got to be there. It's just, that's all you are asking you to do, and Aaron, you got to be there. Um, but we're, we're, our, our focus is going to be on transition. The very thing that we're talking about here, the church is in transition right now. We're at a different age than we were 35 years ago, okay? What's that going to look like? What, you know, what's going to be different about it? And, and we need to hear from God. And he's placed us amongst brethren. In Acts 15, you know, the apostles and the elders came together. And it was for a different thing than we were. But they came together to hear what God was saying about the situation in their time. We are asking for that same thing. Because we know that there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. We know that we have generations represented in the pastors and elders in our, in, our, in our network that we need to hear from. So we do want you there. Okay? Good? All right? No, scary, isn't it? <clears throat> By the way, in case you're wondering, the, the apostolic team is made up of Rich and I, um, and Dan Semsch, who's been here before, so you guys would know him. And, and uh, you know, obviously we're looking at the generations and seeing God raising up others that can step in that place. Aaron. Network, network. Uh, Dan, he's the oldest. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and actually, Casey works very close with him. So actually, and that probably would be, well, Jared works with you there. So Jared, uh, Rich's son, is another one that's obviously, I'm thinking of the younger ones with Dan being the oldest. Uh, then we have the, the Jareds, and we have the Caseys. Uh, we have the Lucases out there. Um, the elders I have, I don't have any at this time because of Cody departing. We don't have anybody that quite that young, but they're not as old as I am. They're just a little bit lower than that, you know, somewhat. But that's the age bracket, yeah. yeah. Good men. By the way, we have good women. So it's not like we're leaving the women out, okay? Because uh, really, we, you, we need, you need to hear that. Um, one of the things we did, while you're thinking of a question, <clears throat> uh, one of the things at, at, in, at um, Northland Harvest uh, is as elders looked at what's happening, and, and, and I came to the table to the elders, and I said, you know, uh, we are in great need of an administrative assistant. I have a grace gifting of administration, and I believe the vision that God has given us as a local church requires administration. Now, I would say that I think every church needs that, but some churches, are because of the vision that they, and the mandate God's given them in the city, they need even greater administration. And, and so uh, we have a lady, Ashley, who at one time, those that do not know this, in 2009, we merged two churches, Northland Harvest and Shiloh Christian Fellowship. It's been a terrific, honestly, marriage. It's a great marriage. And it's no longer two identities. It's one, Northland Harvest at this time. This lady, Cynthia, had been a part of the old Northland Harvest. And, and, and in her administrative grace, wanting to be exercised and trying to be involved, she became a threat to the pastor's wife there. That was not a part of our network. And because of that threat, they labeled her a Jezebel and made her and her family not only leave the church, but they were not to have any communication with she or her family at all. It was a very difficult time for that. That's how they ended up at Shiloh Christian Fellowship. Her husband was an elder in that church. So a few years go by, and I'm mentoring some of these young pastors in the city, and one of the young pastors was Tim Knutson, who was pastoring Northland Harvest Church, where they had been. And in that mentoring time, we began to realize we had a similarity in our vision and purpose. And so our leadership got together and began to pray about this. And the ultimate bottom line was that God was saying, I want you to merge these two churches. And I'm sitting there wondering, as along with the rest of the elders, what Mark and Cynthia are going to do because they got kicked out of that church and now we're trying to merge these two churches, you know. And we literally sat down with them to hear their heart before any decisions were ever made. And they said, no, we believe that's the Lord and we, we can move forward with that. So the first Sunday we got together, we had a love feast. Guess who were the last ones to leave the church? Mark and Cynthia. The healing that came for in that time together. Well, anyway, Cynthia, guess who's my administrative assistant? Cynthia. And I said to them, I said, I said to the elders, I said, because of the role and the anointing that's upon her life to administrate, I would like to take part of my salary, 
because our budget, we didn't have it in our budget. And I'd like to take part of my salary and give to her. And, 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 and well, they, they agreed. I Go ahead if you feel led to do that. So when I went to Cynthia, she says, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take that money. I said, now think about this first. Think about the principle. Someday, Larry's going to be gone. Cynthia, you're going to be gone. And we still need an administrator. We need to set in place at this time a value on this administrative grace. You know, let's put a dollar value on that. And still, believe me, she's way underpaid. I'll tell you that right now. But she agreed to do that on that basis, knowing that as we move forward in a church, we are going to always need an administrative assistant in our midst. We, we are going to need that. And this woman, having been released into that grace and anointing upon her life, she is, she is not only, she's a gift from God, let me say that first of all, what all she does administratively, but she is just thoroughly enjoying it. She's passionate about it. I mean, it's just me to eat for her. Would that be right, Karen? Yeah, she's a full-time nurse, but she just loves this, you know. And so, you know, I'm just saying that when people begin to find that place, in this case, you know, it was an administrator in our, in our church. But when people begin to find their place and released into that under the, with the grace and the anointing upon their lives, you know, then it becomes, this is exciting. It might be work, but it's exciting, you know. There's nothing worse than having to do something that you're not called to do. We've had enough square pegs and round holes. Okay, that's enough said. All right, questions. We've done all the talking. Aaron, the only one had a question. Well, I know you have children, so I'm not. We're not here to keep you here. Just so you know that, Aaron, we're. We're being sensitive to uh, whatever you desire, okay? You're certainly welcome. Thank you for inviting us, okay? Now, I always say this because I do believe this. Apostolic covering do not need an invitation. I believe part of our responsibility, and there's been times, including... In Pueblo, Colorado, not necessarily because of rich, but there's times they went through things that we didn't wait for an invitation. We literally went there because we knew it was necessary to do so for the sake of the church. That's the kind of covering, you know, and we've been given permission by that eldership to give oversight. So therefore, we took advantage of that in the right way to go there and do that. But... But in spite of not needing an invitation, thank you for, we've never been here when your hearts haven't been open to us coming and receiving what we have. We look forward to not only this weekend being here with you, um, but I tell you, I look forward to being with you until Jesus comes, okay? And he may take me home before that, but you know, uh, you always said, bring your wife next time. Well, next, next time I did, so I, I got Karen here. Rich? Well, you know, I just, I just uh, think of that time when you came. Uh, you know, as, as AFI, we kind of started off a little bit hierarchical. It was just kind of the mindset that, uh, that we had of, 
church government and you know headquarters and that kind of thing and uh, you know over the years we really discovered through the word and the spirit of God that it's it's totally the opposite of that and it's our job to just come undergird what's happening here that that life is happening here and even if we come unannounced it's never to overrule uh, the maybe to bring some clarity or to, you know to speak speak the word of the Lord and leave it to the but you have a you have a great eldership and a, and that's a tremendous safety for for us all in uncertain times you know we're all fallible we all see just a little bit we see a sliver but together it's just the way God created it to be that together we have a convictions and and firm footing because of those convictions and a sense of stability so when people come our way, they come into a safe environment, into a, gro a growing environment, an environment with potential. And I just want to say as well, just encourage you guys, you know, in the, in the tension of ministry, you know, we're always in between. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, uh, you know, when he taught on the kingdom, your kingdom's here, it's now, it's at hand, but yet one day we know the kingdom will be full and, and complete. And, and we won't, it won't be that part way thing. So it's, it's now and not yet. And we kind of live in that place of now and not yet. And uh, we're stretched in that. And we, need, we just need each other in uh, the process of building the house of God and moving forward and, and staying encouraged and lifting each other up. You need that intercession and that prayer to break the heavens when, you know, the enemy comes and discouragement hits, that we know that we're not just going to fold under the weight of it, but we've got authority in the name of Jesus. And, and we speak that to each other. We begin to rise up and begin to move those mountains that are in the way. And this is the body of Christ, and we, we, we need each other. We, uh, it's important that we're together here today. Uh, not only in this house, but for us to connect with you guys this way. It's always refreshing when, when we have others of kindred spirit who come into our house and uh, just bring that encouragement or the word of the Lord or, or even a, a, a gentle correction, <laughs> you know, by the spirit of God. Uh, it's our safety. It really is. I'm going to ask Rich to pray in a moment here if there aren't any questions. But um, in going to the churches, we, we always like to go as a team, not just one. But I realize Karen and I as a team, and we were, we were more than happy to come. But Rich could made himself available to be here, and I really appreciate that. But when we go to local churches, our first priority is, is to meet with elders you know, we're not here to preach to you, even though I believe we've got things to impart and we can encourage you, but, but we really, we really come to, to, to support the elders, to hear what's on their heart, to minister to them, and we'll be doing that th this weekend as well. So um, thank you for loving on us, and, and uh, even as we begin AFI with, with the serving Washing your feet. I'm not going to wash your feet tonight, but but we really are here. We really are here to serve you. So.
Any questions? If not, I'm going to ask Rich just to close in prayer. Is that all right, Aaron? Okay. Any? No questions. I love it. They got all the answers. There's one over there, Charlie. I just want you to know that we really couldn't do it without our wives. Elders are not good elders without their wives. So thank you, wives, for loving on your husband, serving them, and speaking into their lives. There's things many times in our eldership that we either overlook or don't see that, that's drawn to our attention by our wives. So, so we thank God for our wives. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you for your love for the church. And Lord, you have, you have demonstrated that so emphatically that, God, we really don't understand it. But God, you see the treasure, and you have invested yourself into the treasure, Lord. Father, we silence the voice of insignificance Amen. in Jesus' name. And we, 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 we expose it and we unveil it as a lie because the blood of Jesus tells us different. And the, and the, the, the presence of, of the divine, of, of heaven, that, that sweet presence which is so rare and it's, it's unearthly, Lord, when it is expressed to us, God, it gives us that, that sense of value beyond ourselves or beyond anything that's just earthly. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for an open heaven over this house. Amen. Father, we pray that you, would, that you would just water the seed that's been sown here for so many years. You would just water it, Lord God, and that the ground would, would just swell up, Lord, and, and bring forth the fruit of seed that's been sown, of people that has been sown, of, of truth that has been sown, that, God, you would cause it to spring up in this season, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, to, to the impacting of a community and the, the, the reaching of a world, both near and far, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would lift the hands of the saints, Amen. that, God, each one would find new strength, that would find new hope, Lord, a sense of, a sense of purpose beyond themselves. Father, I pray that you would strengthen each heart, uh, each home that's represented here, and even those who couldn't make it tonight. We pray your blood covering over them, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, for, for tying up those, those ties, those strong relational ties here in this house, Father, those strategic ties that God, the tie would hold, and that God, uh, there would be a soundness and a fruitfulness here in their midst. Father, we pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for your favor that rests here. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. That was really good. Um, 
but yeah, it was just good to hear the vision, and especially for a lot of the new newer people in the in the body, to see what AFI is all about, because it really is about equipping the church to do the work of Jesus Christ, as opposed to what most churches are founded on, which is your pastor does all the work for Jesus and you guys pay tithe. You know, go do the work of Jesus and don't pay tithe. I'd be more excited that you're going to do the work of Jesus because that's what God has called us all to. So I just thank them for coming and, and putting that out there so well. And we're free to go and you can sit around and talk because that's what I'm going to do.